Welcome to Meldon Law and Friends. I'm Jeffrey Meldon, founder of Meldon Law and uh, your host today. Uh, thank you very much for watching and listening. Uh, we're on many different platforms. I think we're on 39 audio platforms plus a video for FaceTime uh, and YouTube. So uh, anyhow, we're we are uh, here to uh, bring information to you about the community. Speaking about the community, coming up in uh, two and a half weeks, uh, the Tom Petty concert, tribute concert, at the Riley in Ocala is coming up. It's going to be really exciting. Some of you may or may not know I was Tom Petty's first attorney and have been involved in the music uh, uh endeavors of the uh, North Central Florida and Gainesville community for over 50 years. I want to tell you that uh, we're also breaking news that um, Melvin Law is going to be sponsoring a new music exhibit at the Historical uh, Museum uh, in Gainesville, Florida, the Matheson Museum. Uh, it's going to uh, start, the grand opening is September 30th and we're going to have updates on that. However, <coughs> many of the um, great pictures that uh, artist uh, John Moran, uh, famous photographer, took back in the 70s is the first official Great Southern Music Hall photographer are going to be exhibited at the Matheson Museum starting in September of this year. So that's exciting. Anyhow, look, if you want to have a good time, go to our Facebook page for Meldon Law, and listen to this deal. You get um, two VIP tickets to the Tom Petty Tribute Concert on August 20th at the Riley in Ocala, plus a three-day, two-night get, uh, uh, getaway at the Margaritaville Resort in Orlando. And all you have to do is enter. It's free at our uh, Facebook page, Meldon Law and you can win. The giveaway ends on August the 18th. So uh, enter, uh, tell your friends about it, and uh, try to uh, win a great package. Upcoming giveaways, volleyball season versus Jacksonville. Uh, we're going to have a four-pack of seats plus a two-pack and uh, gift cards to Harry's Seafood Bar and Grill. And the Hippodrome Theater, we're going to be giving away uh, uh, tickets for the Fahrenheit 451 show. For those of you that don't know, it's a famous movie in the olden days. And uh, it's a very kind of a sci-fi uh, story. So uh, you'll, you'll enjoy it. We're giving away Harry gift cards, two-pack of tickets for Fahrenheit 451 at the Hippodrome. So those are some of the things that are going on at Meldon Law's uh, as most of you know, we are the only official injury law firm partner of the Florida Gators in the whole galaxy, and we're very proud of that. Uh, our first guest today is Barzella Papa. Uh, she's current president and CEO of the Community Foundation of North Central Florida. Welcome to Melden Lawn Friends, Barzella. Thank you so much for having me. It's yeah. a pleasure to be here. Yeah. Have you been over to Spurrier's before? I have. I have. We love brunch here. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> Sunday brunch? Oh, yes. We love the Sunday brunch here. Well, good. For those of you that may not know, we're here broadcasting from Spurrier's Gridiron Grill, which is a museum and a great restaurant. And uh, for those of you in North Central Florida, uh, not just Gainesville, Ocala, Lake City, wherever. Uh, make it a point to get here. Uh, Absolutely. Look at all these football helmets belong to Steve Spurrier wow. at one point in time. So that's pretty that's cool, amazing. right? It's amazing. Yeah. And so, uh, and there's lots of memorabilia, including Heisman Trophy Awards. Oh, wow. Right. It's amazing. So, but you've been around this restaurant. Yeah, I've so been here. What do you think? It's pretty cool place. It is huh? very cool. Like I said, we love the Sunday brunch, and then Visors <laughs> is just a super cool place to come and hang out. So we love it here. And this is um, where all the football and basketball 
foot, uh, baseball, all the recruits for all the women's sports, mm -hmm. they all bring them over here and they've got special rooms set up okay. where they can, uh, you know, wine them and dine them. <laughs> I don't know wine them. If they're 18, I don't know if you can wine them. You can, but you never know who you're going to see here. You never so know. You never know. This has definitely become a hot spot. <laughs> Anyhow, um, Barzella, I will, I'm very interested in what the uh, Community Foundation of North Central Florida does. And uh, I know it, it, it's involving nonprofits. Mm -hmm. And uh, it's very, it's been around for what, 25 years? Next year will be our 25th anniversary. Yes, yeah. we were. And how long have you been with the group? 16 years. 16 years. <laughs> Last month made 16, was my 16th yeah. anniversary. So. And that's really exciting. Yeah. Uh, you know, at Melden Law, we, we pride having um, uh, longtime employees. Mm -hmm. Our longest lasting, our longest continuous employee started in 1979 okay so that I was around then <laughs> not here <laughs> not here barely you were you were in a diaper i'm sure <laughs> anyhow um barzella tell us some more about uh what the community foundation of north central florida is all about oh well again thank you for having me on today and to share about the community foundation part of the reason i've I've been there 16 years as I absolutely love the work that we do. Uh, the donors that we work with, the nonprofits, the community, and how um, everyone benefits and how we build and strengthen the community uh, has really been amazing to watch. So um, now you can stop me at any time because I'll get going. Uh, but the Community Foundation, um, we are a local charitable organization. We're a 501c3 nonprofit organization where individuals, families, groups, um, for-profits, not-for-profits can create charitable funds at the Community Foundation. And we, and, and really in a nutshell, we serve as their philanthropic back office. We handle the accounting, the investing, the grant making, the due diligence, everything. So we are a, we're really unique in that we're a grant making organization. So um, right now we have um, about 140 different charitable funds. So we are, I like to say we're at 30,000 feet. We work with the nonprofits as a whole, not just one specific focus area. We work with animal groups, conservation groups, um, homeless providers, you name it, youth development. We work with all the nonprofits. And we average about four and a half million a year in, in, in grants to our community. So um, wow. when I started 16 years ago, I think we were doing about 500,000 a year, and now we're we're up to about four and a half million a year in grants to local nonprofits. So, it's it's been amazing the people that I get to work with in the nonprofits. Uh, it's just it's amazing. You, you know, I want to tell you, I went on your website in preparation for the show today, and I saw all the different categories yeah. on the website as far as different kinds of organizations yeah. that y'all work with, and it's pretty amazing because. Uh, there's tons of organizations we've all heard of that uh, you're helping uh, to uh, serve the community. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, if our mission statement is to promote and sustain philanthropy here in North Central Florida. So we are promoting charitable giving. And when I mention sustain, uh, one thing that's really unique to a community foundation is we are also about building endowment funds, right? So we want funds to be here forever serving the nonprofits. So long after I'm gone, uh, long after our fund holders, that there's uh, funds here that are con continuing to benefit our community. So how do people uh, reach out to you if they want help putting together a nonprofit? Uh, well, um, so they just reach out. They can visit our website, call our office. Um, we, we do work with individuals instead of creating a private foundation. They can create a charitable fund. Uh, there's lots of tax advantages to it. It gets really detailed and complicated around that, but there's a lot of tax advantages to creating a charitable fund at a community foundation versus creating a private foundation. Uh, and we are happy to work with their professional advisors and work through that process. It's very, very simple, believe it or yeah. not. <laughs> so the charitable foundation is the advantage that donors get a, a write-off for their donation? Yes. Because we're a 501c3 entity, it's a charitable contribution. Um, but there's just a lot of little nuances that make us different than creating a private foundation. Now, we do work closely 
with a lot of private foundations as well uh, to help facilitate their grant making. Because we work so closely with the nonprofit sector, uh, we really know, uh, you know, organizations that are sustainable, efficient, and that we, we can help, we help private foundations get their dollars out as well. So um, would you tell the audience um, a little uh, uh, kind of name a few of the organizations that you work with? Oh my goodness, my goodness. So we worked very closely with the YMCA uh, to help rebuild their organization um, when they went through some things. Uh, we worked with Grace Marketplace, Peaceful Paths, their expansion. Uh, when they expanded and built their campus, we helped facilitate that That one gift. out on 53rd? Mm -hmm. We did. I don't know if you know that, but... Yeah. I I was involved with that. Really? Yeah. So we helped with the gift ran through us to make the offer and then we gifted the yeah. land to them. And I, Bread of the Mighty Food Bank's another one. We I, helped. I got with a theirs. call from it was a Teresa Hardman. Oh yeah, Teresa. She's, and so, she's yeah, wonderful. She said, we worked it out so that um, I owned the property where they were and I worked out a sale and that they needed somebody to make a donation mm -hmm. so we worked it out and I made a hundred thousand dollar donation to Peaceful Paths and it, it worked out good for me as far as a tax deal tax write-off and for them because they had a donor yep. because yep. the state was going to fund their stuff so that's correct. Peaceful Paths is amazing for those of you yeah. that don't know the work they do they you know, women and children uh, mostly who are uh, distressed and, yeah. you know, out on the streets, they take them in and help them rebuild their lives yeah. after, you know, leaving from um, homes that are, um, yeah. you know, where there's violence. and. Well, that, that's a great example because Peaceful Paths was one of those examples that we helped facilitate because one of the things that we do is uh, we are set up to accept a wide variety of more complex gifts. We are more... We're more than just transactional giving. We want it to be transformational. So we handle more complex types of giving. Like last year, we dealt with a huge real estate transaction. It was gifted to us, we sold it, and then we liquidated it to give to the alma mater for the donor and some other organizations they, wa they wanted it to benefit. So we work with a lot of state planning attorneys, a lot of CPAs, financial planners, um, that, you know, to take advantage of how to support the causes you care about, uh, you know, especially at a big life event, such as the sale of your business, or if you're wanting to sell real estate, that we can step in and help. So Peaceful Paths was a, a big security skip that we helped facilitate. And that was, well, that was one of my favorites You may to have work been on. helping me to work that all out, and I didn't even know it. May so, have been. I've been, I've been was, here a long time. Yeah, no, I think it was maybe, I don't know, 2010 or something yeah, in that, in that time period. Anyhow, mm -hmm. uh, that's a good example of an amazing group. I know yeah. you also um, work with the Cade yes. Museum. Yes. Tell us a little bit about the Cade, because some people may not even know what the Cade Museum oh, is. The Cade Museum is just one of, honestly, it's, 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 it's the crown jewel here in our community. Uh, Dr. Cade was actually one of our first, he was our first major donor uh, back in, I believe, it was before May, but in 2002, 2003, that they established the Cade Family Fund with us. And so I've had the privilege of working with the family and just help them with their grant making. And so we have been involved with the Cade Museum since it was a thought so it's just it's it's amazing to see what it is today and it offers so much to our community and and during shutdown uh Cade really the way that they pivoted during the shutdown we use that as an example for all other museums to take a look at what they were doing so very proud well of the we want to talk more yes. about it um i'm here with our special guest barzella papa from the Community Foundation of North Central Florida. We're going to take a 60-second break and be back on Melvin Law and Friends. Okay. Oh, my gosh. I can't even believe this. Look. Look what you have done to my truck! Excuse me, it's your fault, it's not my fault. Yes, it is your no, fault! Not, not I am calling fault. Jeffrey Meldon from Meldon Law. So I'm going to call Jeffrey, my husband. Meldon Law, this is Jeffrey speaking. Jeffrey! This no, no, lady here, this crazy lady, he might be... New client? Yes, but this one might be a little tricky. 
August 11, our restaurant Spurrier's Gridiron Grill will be celebrating our one-year anniversary, and we're inviting you to Celebration Point. Proceeds from the event will go to the Ronald McDonald House, and we'll have a spread of your favorite Spurrier dishes, as well as special guests, but you have to get a reservation. So go to Spurrier's.com right now and reserve your spot before it sells out. And thank you for a super first year. Go Gators! Welcome back to Meldon Law and Friends. I'm Jeffrey Meldon, uh, the founder of Meldon Law, and we're very excited to be here with Barzella Papa from the Community Foundation of North Central Florida. And if uh, our listeners and viewers want to uh, Google it to find it, just put in Community Foundation of North Central Florida. Yes. And it'll, that's what I did. Well, North Florida will send you to Tallahassee. So North Central Florida is Gainesville. Okay. It's North Central Florida <laughs> mm-hmm. is, is the uh, Latchua County, any other counties? Uh, all of our surrounding areas. Uh, Marion County has their own. They have a community foundation in Marion County. Uh, so we're we're here, Jacksonville, Tallahassee. We're, we all work together. We all work together. Anyhow, uh, we're here at Spurrier's Gridiron Grill. August 11th in the evening, there's a big party here, and everyone is welcome. Just uh, call Spurs, make your reservation. It's a Thursday. It starts uh, around 4 or 5 in the evening and goes all night. I know uh, Melvin Law is uh, showing up for the event, and uh, it's a good time. We're, uh, we're good friends with uh, uh, the team at uh, Spurs, and we love coming here. It's uh, always wonderful. So, um, Barzella, we were talking some more uh, about the cave being an example of, of a museum. Uh, and uh, from what you were saying, I take it that they did some pretty amazing things during uh, the COVID shutdown mm-hmm. because museums were probably the number one yeah. uh, entity that were affected because all of a sudden nobody could show up. What are some things that Cade, uh, the Cade Museum did? Um, well, one thing they did was they utilized public television for outreach to children that were home. So they partnered with um, PBS broadcast through public television. Then they put together science kits and distributed in, in backpacks out to, in, in small packs for kids. Uh, they distributed the science kits and then it would air on public television. And then, I mean, just they were cutting edge with their technology for sanitation. Then they brought in the ice skating rink. So they did things uh, that continued that community outreach, even though they were shut down. So uh, for those of you that don't know, um, the Cade Museum is dedicated to what? Creativity mm-hmm. and science. And mm-hmm. Dr. Cade was a perfect example mm-hmm. of one of the most uh, curious persons in oh, the yeah. whole world, right? <laughs> yes. And he, it wasn't just Gatorade, which he happened to uh, be the inventor of, to help the Gator football players on those hot September uh, uh, afternoons when they were playing at one in the afternoon and uh, uh, everybody on the field was wilting. (laughs) And so uh, let's talk about um, those folks that are listening. If they want to start um, a nonprofit, a a community organization, what are some of the suggestions that you have that uh, make for you know a good start of an organization? So um, what we recommend is for people to get involved. So first of all, see if there's already an existing organization doing similar work because you know the last thing we want is to duplicate services. So um, and we have means to help um, with that. One of the things that we rolled out with during COVID was the philanthropy hub. And so if you go to the philanthropyhub.org, you can learn uh, more about organizations doing work in our community. It's like our community's version of GuideStar. So you can put in Habitat, and it's going to pull up Habitat for Humanity, and it's their page, right? Anything and everything you want to learn about Habitat, you can learn there. Uh, Their financials are pulled from the IRS, who's on their board, staff structure, uh, everything around leading practices. So the first thing that we would recommend is to see if there's someone already doing the work and to get involved. So look for volunteer opportunities and get involved with organizations doing similar work. Yeah, I think um, folks sometimes don't realize that there are already organizations, mm-hmm. and they may know the organization but not realize right. that they 
they, they've been doing that work, and if they're really dedicated to uh, expanding that work, then mm-hmm. uh, it, it's great. And, you know, I think that, you know, Gainesville, Latra County, we really have an amazing community when it comes to volunteer work and people getting involved in meaningful organizations. Absolutely. Volunteering and charitable giving. Uh, the last, I'm trying to remember what year, it was probably about five years ago, is the last time they did the county-by-county county comparison across the country. And Alachua County was in the top 10% in the United States for charitable giving. For on a per capita basis. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and I hear that from other community members that we have on as guests yeah. here in the show, that even though we're um, a relatively, you know, mid-sized, you know, town, that uh, the involvement here is, oh, yeah. is spectacular for, uh, you know, for the size of, of our, Absolutely. our little village here. <laughs> Anyhow, tell me some more uh, um, as far as... Uh, what do you do, you know, as far as day-to-day stuff? You know, I know you man help manage and grant and the grants and stuff like that. What are some of the day-to-day challenges that people who are involved with a, a nonprofit charitable organization deal with that you help them with on a day-to-day basis? So some of the work that we do with the nonprofit community is we do provide ongoing training and support. Um, so we provide board training. Uh, if you are a development officer, we, we have a development affinity group. So the fundraisers can come together and share what they're doing and share best practices and learn from one another. So we provide ongoing training and support for nonprofits. But on the flip side, we also work with the community as a whole to invite everyone to participate in philanthropy. So we do that by we host the Amazing Give. So we've done that for seven years now. It's what, our, what is that again? It's the Amazing Give. It's our communities. It started out as a 24-hour online give day. So if you think about Giving Tuesday, we did our own communities version called the Amazing Give. Uh, and that we have usually about 110 to 120 nonprofits that participate. It's all online, so we push this through social media. And this past year, it raised 1.3 million in wow. 12 hours because we wow. shortened our day. We went from 24 to 12 hours, and we continually raise between 1.2 and 1.3 million in a day that goes directly to those organizations that participate in the amazing gift. So anybody can donate as starting at $5 and up. And then we also have... Wait, wait, wait. <laughs> I want to find out, when is the next date for the Amazing Give? The next Amazing Give is going to be April the 20th. It will be our eighth annual Amazing Give. So it's going to be from 8 to 8, 8 a.m. Mm-hmm. to 8 p.m. Uh, the last few years, we've done the wrap party here at Celebration Point. And oh. So we'll, we'll be back here April 20th, 2023 will be our it's next a amazing day, gift. 420. Uh, yes, it is. <laughs> so anyhow, it is. <laughs> what else were you going to say? Um, and uh, another program that we um, that we launched shortly after I started, so it's in its 16th year now. I don't know if you've ever heard of our Women's Giving Circle. Uh, giving circles were popping up all across the country, um, really uh, picking up a lot of steam. And so it was our... The ladies on our board of directors said, we need to start one here in Gainesville. So we uh, got together, we invited all of our friends, and we hoped to have 50 women give $1,000 each, and we put it back out in the community. Well, fast forward, uh, they've just celebrated their 15th year. They have raised over $1.1 million. That, uh, and it's, I think we're up to 120 women now that participate in that. And it's pulled together. And then it's awarded back to organizations in the community that are benefiting women and girls around economic empowerment, job skills, life skills, peaceful paths, has yeah. received uh, one of the major grants from our Women's Giving Circle. So that has been uh, tremendously successful. Uh, we were even mentioned one year in the New York Times for the work that we were doing right here in Gainesville with That's, the Giving Circle. What are some other organizations we haven't mentioned yet that uh, are involved? Oh, that we've... <laughs> honestly, I think we have worked with Pretty much, I believe, every nonprofit in our community uh, we have worked with at some point in time, uh, whether it's just a, a grant at the end of the year or a significant investment for them to uh, rebuild or restructure or to launch a new program. Um, six years ago, we launched um, uh, our mental wellness fund. 
and we have been providing to the public schools a half a million a year to provide mental health counselors in six elementary schools, providing mental health services during the school day for the last six years. So we have invested over three million uh, for mental health services for children in our community. So we have worked from the schools to Takachali, the University of Florida, to the nonprofits in our community. Uh, like I said, it's it has been uh, an amazing time um, just being a part of what the Community Foundation does. And, and what kind of uh, team do you have at, at the office? <laughs> we're small. Uh, we're small but lean. Um, there's, uh, I believe, three and a half of us. Uh, we have a wonderful board of directors. We have 24 members on our board. Uh, the Community Foundation, our local Community Foundation was born out of the Estate Planning Council, so we have had a long connection with the Estate Planning Council for many, many years. Um, and so uh, we have an incredible staff, and we are, you know, we'll be growing that staff next year. Uh, over the next years as we have grown, we'll be building our staff as well. Now, a lot of folks have heard of the United Way. Can you kind of discuss... Um, what contributions to the Community United Way, how they function, uh, and um, versus how the Community Foundation of North Central Florida functions. Okay, so we work we work very well with our local United Way. Um, I, I do get asked that a lot, and as I, as I mentioned earlier, one thing about Community Foundations is we are about building endowment funds. So you can think of it as your retirement account, right? We're putting money away. We're only using a percentage of it to benefit the community, and we're looking to grow that. So I always like to use the analogy that you can think of the United Way. They're responding to immediate needs, and while we do some of that, we're building kind of the long term. So I, I always like to say you can think of United Way as the community's checking account because they're, they're raising the money. They're putting it back out. We're raising money, too, but we're more like the savings account. So we're, we're using a percentage of the interest because we are about building endowment funds. Um, I know they do a lot of like workplace campaigns. They work with businesses, whereas we work more closely with individuals, with families, um, with their charitable funds. So a little bit different, but we work, we work well together. So the, some of the organizations that you work with, uh, United Way also works mm -hmm. with? Yes. And when you say the checkbook, meaning they raise funds for annual mm -hmm. operations Correct. And, th and things like that, whereas you're doing more long-term planning to make sure that the uh, charitable organization is sustainable. Correct. And, play and also um, coaching them up on things that they need to do in order to run the organization as, as a sustainable uh, group. Yes. yes. So... Again, I want to talk about um, the call to action. <laughs> what is it that our listeners and viewers can do oh, uh, to help? Yes. So um, I would say our, visit our website because on our website we have our calendar of events. So we do, as I said, we offer ongoing training and support. So if there is a training, um, we offer board training. So if someone's interested in joining a board, they can come, attend our training, and we help place them on boards. Hmm. Visit thephilanthropyhub.org. Learn about the nonprofits doing incredible work here. Um, join the Women's Giving Circle. Uh, or also, when the Amazing Give comes around, be sure to look out and, and for your favorite organizations and support them through the Amazing Give in the spring. So I would say visit our website, sign up for our newsletter, and uh, you will you will be receiving invitations to lots of things. And we're going to be celebrating our 25th year, so we're going to have a year long of a series of events throughout the community leading all the way up till next November. So, And, and when does the 25th anniversary start? It's going to start this November. Oh, <laughs> And we're okay. going to run until next November. So we are very excited. Uh, Barzella Papa from the uh, Community Foundation of North Central Florida, thank you very much for joining us on Melden Law and Friends, and we wish you great success on your 25th anniversary. <laughs> thank you. Thank you, Jeffrey, for having me. On August 11th, our restaurant Spurrier's Gridiron Grill will be celebrating our one-year anniversary, and we're inviting you to Celebration Point. Proceeds from the event will go to the Ronald McDonald House, and we'll have a spread of your favorite Spurrier dishes, as well as special guests, but you have to get a reservation. So go to Spurrier's.com right now and reserve your spot before it sells out. And thank you for a super first year. Go Gators!
gosh, I can't even believe this. Look, look what you have done to my truck. Excuse me, it's your fault, it's not my fault. Yes, it is your no, fault. Not, not I am not. calling Jeffrey Meldon from Meldon Law. So I'm going to call Jeffrey, my husband. Meldon Law, this is Jeffrey speaking. Jeffrey! This no, person no, here, wait, this person no, lady, he no, might... New client? Yes, but this one might be a little tricky. When you're a member of the Gator Nation, you know what it means to never back down. Melden Law has been a proud supporter of the Gator Nation since 1971. Two forces that won't back down. As the old saying goes, if you can't beat them, join them. We still hear it, the sound of victory, the joy of being part of something great. And while things may not be the same right now, we haven't gone anywhere. If you bleed orange and blue, then Melden Law is the firm for you. We are here at the University of Florida, where Albert and Alberta are competing in the Gator Penalty Shootout. Albert is ready to stop the shot at all costs. What a disaster. Luckily, Mountain Law is the only official law firm partner of the Florida Gators. If you have suffered any injury, do not worry, because Mountain Law is going to help you with your recovery. Mountain Law doesn't back down until they reach their goal. Alberta, I understand you were witnesses to a crash. Can you tell us about the accident? When you're in a crash, it's important to get witness statements immediately after the accident. Whether you're in a car, truck, motorcycle, scooter, or even a golf cart accident, at Melden Law, we won't back down. Welcome back to Melden Law and Friends. I'm Jeffrey Melden, founder of Melden Law, and welcome to a fabulous edition uh, of Melden Law. I think we're on our 93rd episode, uh, so that's almost uh, two years. We're going to have a big party when we hit 100. Maybe we'll have another one when we hit 104. So uh, welcome to the show. I know a lot of you are... Uh, uh, viewing and, and a lot of you are listening so thank you very much just go to uh, Melden Law and Friends on Facebook and you'll be able to watch the show and past episodes we've had a lot of uh, distinguished uh, folks on on the show as we do today um, I want to welcome um, our guests um, we have Marianne Marcou did I say that right? You did. Okay. And Barbara Teppen Sprig. Very nice. Yes. And our, our guests are um, very much involved with Silver Springs. Is that correct? Yes, it is. Silver Springs State Park. Silver Springs State Park. Now, um, y'all haven't been here for 40, 50, 60 years, have you? No. Not here. No. no. So, so give us a little bit about your background and how you wound up in Marion County. Well, I was. I'm a refugee from the north. Okay, uh, I'm one of those people who would come down. I had a, a grandparents and uh, aunt and uncle who lived in St. Pete, and we come down for vacations. But somehow it was a vacation place. It wasn't a place to live until after my husband and I retired and we had come down through our vacations and thought it was such a beautiful part of the world, especially this part of North Central Florida. It's so weather protected, it's got so much gorgeous shade for the sun, mm -hmm. so it's a very attractive place. Yeah, so Barbara, you, uh, you have a background 
as a physician, is that yeah, correct? That's correct, yeah. I trained originally up in Cleveland at Case Western Reserve University. We have that in common. Barbara <laughs> yeah, and I yeah. Barbara and I both went I went to law school at Case Western Reserve and Barbara went to medical school. And it's an amazing school by the way. The, I know the Cleveland Clinic's right there, University Hospital and uh, mm -hmm. so it's a pretty uh, a well credentialed doctor. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> But uh, being a, a retired physician, one of the things that I really love, but both about this part and about Silver Springs, is that you can combine so many aspects of health with being out of doors and being physically active out of doors. So it really ties beautifully into what I had done for so much of my life. What yeah. we, we, ways we can heal ourselves. Yeah, I noticed that, you know, you were also involved with preventative medicine. Yes, that's correct. I was double-boarded in yeah. family medicine and in preventive medicine. So tell us uh, um, what you know about the evolution of preventative medicine, because it's something that really interests me. Actually, there are three parts. When you look at the, the boarding for preventive medicine, there's three aspects. One is general public health, and that's your the people who actually have been so prominent with the, the recent problem with the COVID infections, people who deal with the, the public health in general. Another is aerospace. Would you think that that's part of preventive medicine? But that yeah. actually is part of the preventive medicine boards because we're dealing with a different environment in okay. out, out, out beyond the ground. And then I my specialty was occupational medicine, and I ended up as the corporate medical director for Goodyear Tire and Rubber. Oh, in Akron? In Akron. Okay. Yeah. Well, that, that was a good fit because Case is only about uh, 45 That's minutes, right. an hour away from right. uh, Goodyear. Yeah. So I grew, for those of you that don't know, I grew up in the Cleveland area, uh, graduated from Shaker Heights High School, and uh, uh, Akron was uh, a little bit away from us, but we knew that uh, all the big rubber plants yeah. were in Akron. What? Goodyear, Goodrich, and Firestone? Mm -hmm. And Bridgestone became Bridgestone. And Bridgestone, yeah. So anyhow, so that that's a little bit of uh, inside information. So um, when did you uh, come down to uh, Marion County and, uh, you know, get involved in the community down here? Moved down in 2006. Mm -hmm. And uh, I didn't initially, like so many people in this area, when I first, my, I moved down with my husband, and we like to do our things out of doors. We got a pontoon boat. We went over to Astor and went up and down the St. John's and whatever. But we didn't know the beauty of the springs when we first moved down here. That was not a reason to move to Ocala. But since that time, uh, the sheer joy of being in the crystal clear water that we have here has been such a draw that I... I've got, I don't know how many friends I've gotten to come down here just because of the beauty that we have. Yeah, I mean, I've been coming uh, over to Silver Springs. I moved here in 1970 uh -huh. and discovered Silver Springs. Um, a good friend of mine was uh, instrumental in developing it. His name was Ross Allen. Oh, yes. We have yeah. got lots of his relatives still. <laughs> well, I, well I'm, I was personal friends with Ross. I Wonderful. did some legal work uh, for Ross. Ah. And his son, Tom Allen, and I are still very dear friends. Ah. And Tom was the um, diver on the Mutual of Omaha with um, Perkins. What was his first name? You know, the, the oh, mutual... That was too far, that's too far back for me. Okay, uh, anyhow, yeah. So anyhow, um, the, the, I saw the, the springs back when uh, the big thing was the glass, the glass bottom boats. We still have them. And, uh, you know, it, it was, yes, which is, which is, you know, really pretty cool. So Marianne, I wanted to... Um, have you tell us a little bit about your background and how you wound up uh, down here? Well, um, she may be a refugee, but I'm an immigrant. <laughs> <laughs> I'm uh, Montreal born and I came down with my husband who um, practiced optometry and eventually bought a practice in Ocala. 
and um, I've been an educator for 32 years, happily retired though, I might add, and uh, so we, we just, you know, I always say, tell people Florida won out because my husband's an oceanographer, that's his first doctoral degree, and once an oceanographer, always an oceanographer, so mm -hmm. since Florida surrounded on three sides with water, down to Florida we came from. Cape that was a good yeah, fit, right? Yeah, Nova Scotia, and then... Um, Cape Cod for 10 years and so on. So, so you spent, were you, uh, uh, you spent a lot of time in Nova Scotia? Did, yes, yes, yes. Yeah, because yes. I love, so I've been to Montreal several times in Nova Scotia. I remember spending a week there and uh, that was a pretty special uh, community. Yeah, no, it's beautiful, it absolutely is. And, and while, you know, Nova Scotia and Cape Cod offered ocean, and of course so does Florida, but I'm, I'm with the, um, with Barb on this, that the springs are just um, something I had never encountered, you know, that does not exist where, where I come from. And, and this is an area where we are surrounded with 200 springs. Yeah, it's, yeah well, um, I was, um, went on your website and I saw information, it said something about the springs being like the third largest springs uh, in, in this part of the world or something like that, that it's yeah. like Florida has more first magnitude springs than any other state. We've got 27 first magnitude. Which springs. means, what does that well, mean? It's the amount of flow, meaning a very high rate of flow, above 100 cubic feet per second. Okay, mm -hmm. So it's a, it's a level of magnitude and size and, and volume of spring. Now, what's different about the Silver Springs group, you, you hear the term Silver Springs rather than sp Silver Spring because there's actually a hundred springs that make up that river. Mm -hmm. The main one, Mammoth, which your friend dove in, apparently, puts out about 45% of the water. But the uh, other 55% is coming up. As, as you've kayaked in the river, right? Not yet, but I will. Oh, <laughs> we're going to bring you down. I would, I would love to. My wife oh. and I love doing stuff like that. Absolutely. So. <laughs> well, see, one of the charming things, particularly about the Silver Springs, is that as you go down through, first, first of all, the volume is so tremendous. It's a little more than a five-mile long river that is just beautiful water. But... The most of the springs are concentrated in the first mile. So as you go down from the main spring, you see these turquoise pools. And you look down into them and you see the spring vent, which is the opening. And the opening is maybe 20, 25 feet. The deepest one, I think, is 85. Okay, But you can appreciate the different qualities of the springs as you go down because of the beauty of the water. Yeah, for those of you that haven't been there, it's crystal clear water that's just amazing. And uh, historically, I think they had uh, movies uh, shot there. More than a more than a hundred episodes of Sea Hunt for one. But yes, there have been. Who's that? Lloyd Bridges. Yeah, right. <laughs> You're dating yourself. Nineteen sixteen was the first. The Silent Swan was a silent movie. Nineteen sixteen. Mm -hmm. That. And ever since then, they've, they it's 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 now they're doing more documentaries than adventure films. Yeah, it's, do you remember the creature of the black lagoon? I I do remember that. <laughs> yes, <laughs> yeah. So anyhow, so um, uh, Marianne, tell us a little bit about your adventure down. Uh, you know, you were you were born in Montreal. You spent some time in Nova Scotia, right? And then you did Cape Cod, and then. Cape. Um, but bought a practice down here in Ocala. So, okay. Yeah. What kind of practice? Op optometric. Oh, okay. That was your second career. Yes. The second year. Yes. So you, when did you come down to uh, the Ocala? We've been here for over 25 years now. So, oh, yes. so you're semi-natives by I'm, now. I'm a, I'm a U.S. citizen now, and yes, all that good well, stuff. Well, that's yeah. great. So... Um, what, uh, what was your first introduction to uh, Silver Springs? Uh, my first introduction was probably a friend hauling me on the river in my kayak, and I just was thrilled to see what you know, all the sights and, and the wildlife and uh, plant life. And I think that was my introduction. Was well, I've got a lot of questions to ask. We're going to take a quick one-minute break, and then we're going to come back and talk about 
the incredible Silver Springs in Ocala, Florida, and what you can do to have a great time there. We'll be back in 60 seconds on Melden Law and Friends. Alberta, I understand you were witnesses to a crash. Can you tell us about the accident? When you're in a crash, it's important to get witness statements immediately after the accident. Whether you're in a car, truck, motorcycle, scooter, or even a golf cart accident, at Melden Law, we won't back down. August 11, our restaurant Spurrier's Gridiron Grill will be celebrating our one-year anniversary, and we're inviting you to Celebration Point. Proceeds from the event will go to the Ronald McDonald House, and we'll have a spread of your favorite Spurrier dishes, as well as special guests, but you have to get a reservation. So go to Spurrier's.com right now and reserve your spot before it sells out. And thank you for a super first year. Go Gators! Welcome back to Melden Law and Friends. I'm Jeffrey Melden, founder of Melden Law, and we are having a blast here, having a, uh, a wonderful time with Marianne Marcou and our good friend Barbara Teppen Sprig. And uh, ladies, I want to thank you for your involvement in the Silver Springs. Now, Silver Springs is a state park. However, the Friends of Silver Springs helped do a lot of things to uh, promote its success. Let's talk about uh, what y'all do uh, uh, as far as, you know, the kind of things that the Friends of Silver Springs do. Um, Marianne, why don't you tell us some of your involvement? So we provide all sorts of support um, to the park and... Um, Barb and I are both on river patrol, so that provides uh, what we refer to as protection. But I like to think we're just ambassadors. We meet and greet people. Uh, we have a welcome center. Um, we're, uh, we raise funds and provide um, funds for the park so that they can do all sorts of things um, and they can make purchases that they wouldn't otherwise be able to make, uh, you know, given what they get. So if folks want to come down there, can you rent a kayak and go to up and down the river? You absolutely. From our good friends at um, our concessionaire, Cape Leisure Corporation, you can rent kayaks, paddleboards, canoes. You can bring your own, which is a lot less expensive, and paddle the river. You can hike. You can bike. We have a lot of trails. We even have horseback ride, riding trails. And on one side of the park, there's really two sides to the park. We have the Silver River Museum, which is a gorgeous museum. And uh, it has a pine, its own pioneer village as well. So that's another thing to check out. Lots of camping uh, opportunities. As well. The last time I was there, you know, uh, I remember going through, and it was kind of almost like a zoo kind of atmosphere in part of the park. Um, you know, monkeys, and uh, there was all right. kinds. Well, of it used to be a zoo and an attraction. And we've been a state park now since 2013, correct, Barbara? Yes. Mm -hmm. And so uh, we still have those monkeys. <laughs> but um, the, the exotic animals are gone. We are now promoting not so much a commercial venture. We are promoting true Florida in, its, in all its be natural beauty. Yeah, I mean, it's amazing um, just seeing the, the you know, the, the, when you walk into the park there, it's just, you know, mind-boggling. The extent of it, what is it, 5,000 acres yes. almost? Yes. So almost. for those of you that don't know, that's like eight square miles. And it, it's all uh, there. Uh, what's the admission to get in? Two dollars. Two dollars, okay. <laughs> I think all of our, I think everybody can afford the two two bucks. Uh, if, if you uh, have a collection of two dollar bills, it's a good place to use it. If you become a member of the Friends Group, uh, we uh, give you 12 free admissions throughout the calendar year. So, so, so our, let's talk about it. Well, right. let's, what, do, to, what do we need to do to become friends? Who do we contact? Well, we'll talk about that, but let me talk just a little bit again about what a Friends organization is. Okay, The Friends of Silver Springs are what are called a citizen support organization. And 
Of our 175 state parks, about 85 have these friends groups. And they're people in the community who want to support the park in both the variety of ways, you know, of, of helping people know about them um, and helping to volunteer at the park, but also fundraising because the, it gives the park management some flexibility of funds. And we'll talk a little bit about what we're specifically trying to raise funds for a little later. But you have some friends of state parks here because you've got uh, San Falasco and Devil's Mill Hopper are a combined park, and they have a friends group. Payne's Prairie has a friends group. So all these are ways that you can help support your state parks. And with us, it's, let's see, our general membership is $25 a year. Right, okay? which is and great. It's great. We have a junior membership, and we can also give you opportunities to donate above that. I think Melvin needs to, to check into this because yes, uh, please, yes. we will be very yeah. happy <laughs> to give you an opportunity. No, I think we're no. I'll tell you. So first of all, you, you know you're doing volunteer work, which is um, great, and uh, you happen to be in one of the most beautiful places right. in the world while you're What's, doing your yes, volunteer exactly. work. It's like you get in What's, your little in your kayak and you go up and down. Is that how you do your patrol? Yes, we do. And and the because we're such a a beautiful river uh, and because we have this kind of protected area, we have this long Ross Allen Island, okay, mm -hmm. which is two thirds of a mile long. So that provides both a a kind of a protected paddle trail, and then on the other side of it is the main river. It's a river that's very friendly to novices. So mm -hmm. believe me, we have novices on that river. Right, and sometimes you have to coach them up. That's right. It's true. It's true. We do. Now, I was reading where sometimes the uh, the current it can be fairly strong, so you have to let them know exactly where to you know where to go, and that coming back up stream. Yeah, is you've be... done some of this stuff. You can see you've yeah, done some yeah. of this. So, yeah, our current's about three point five miles an hour. Okay. So if you, we do teach people that usually it's less in the paddle trail if you're going back upstream because remember all this water is coming up out of the aquifer heading downstream. So if you're just going to do a downstream run, you're golden. But if you're doing some of these around Ross Allen Island or something, or many of us will put in a raised wayside down at the end, paddle back up, and then get to float back down. So you can get some good aerobic exercise. Yeah, no, I definitely. I, I you know, I, I'm so glad that you're guests on our show today because we're always looking for fun things to do. And in the middle of the summer when it's 95 degrees out, if right. you jump in that water, I'll bet it's a little cooler. Well, it is, except that's something that we're trying not to do. Oh, tell me about it. Is okay. that It used to be, you know, back in the, the heyday of the commercial activity, there were no private boats allowed on the water. You could, you could come up from Ray's Wayside, but that's the only way you could get up to Silver. Mm -hmm. okay? So you didn't have a kayak launch. Right. So private small craft were not on the river. The only craft you had were the glass-bottom boats. And then they had a restricted swimming area. Now, though, there is so much activity. The head spring area is really quite small. Yes. And the, the buildings are around right. that head yeah, spring uh, area yeah, and yeah. stuff. Yeah. And there was, when it was first made a state park, there was a request that we have swimming again. Because it had been stopped for many years because of how destructive it was. But um, right now, the Department of Environmental Protection is still studying whether that is a good way to use that particular part of the park. I don't know if you're aware, but the parks that, like Rainbow, uh, Juniper, Alexander. Alexander, the springs around us that allow swimming, close their parks when that area is full. There would be only space for 88 people if it were to be happening at Silver. So we'd have to close the whole park at 88 people. Oh, so you don't hurt the yeah. the, the Remember, spring in the environment. What you what you are those you're on old shells basically. Remember, mm -hmm. Florida is entirely geology is biology, right? We are a state of of calcium carbonate and old shells, and our 
calcium carbonate coming out, excuse me, or carbon dioxide coming out as acid rain helps to dissolve that and make all these channels that are right under all those glass bottom boat docks and the mammoth deck. It's a very complex system. And the goal for the state park now is to make it a ecologically healthy system. Nice. Now what, now, what about the glass bottom boats? Do they still? They're all electric. Uh, and they tra- They still travel? They do. They, they do. There's two different styles. One is the 30-minute that goes throughout the day from 10 to 4, I think. But on the weekends, you can do a longer one, which is really beautiful. And that one is 90 minutes long, and you go farther down the river, and you have a, a greater chance of seeing the wildlife. But I tell you, you have to do both. It's a different view looking down through the glass bottom boat than it is being on a paddle craft. Both of them are beautiful, give you different senses of the water. Yeah, I, I, re- I remember being on the um, uh, glass bottom boat the first time, and I had never been on one before, and I went, wow, this yeah. is really amazing. Yeah. You know? yeah. As of last August, we, had, we launched a brand new glass bottom boat uh, which now accommodates people in wheelchairs and scooters, wow. so it's all accessible and it has a induction loop system so that people who are hard of hearing can, you know, hear the whole spiel by the captains. So that's also operating. So yeah. wh- how would you grade the health of uh, Silver Springs right now? Oh, well, I th- all of our springs, as you know, um, have been decreasing somewhat in flow because they were taking out. Remember, this is a huge pool underneath us, and if you put your straw here and I put my straw here, and you've got a free-flowing thing over there, how much these straws take out eventually makes a difference on how much flows out over here. And when you look at the what's called the spring shed, okay, the water flow, remember the aquifer has to be refreshed with rainwater. So really, most of the water that's coming out through Silver Springs has fallen relatively recently, and it's mostly um, from the area of, oh, what is it, 712 square miles around it? I forget exactly. But, so, the rainwater, rain falling has remained about the same. But well, there's more siphoning out. And that, in itself, like, seems to be making a difference between silver and rainbow, for example, because rainbow's surface is 10 feet lower than, sil- than silver's. So more of the spring shed's going over to rainbow. There's a very good complex dynamics, you know? Yeah, I mean, back, back in the early days when the Indians were around here, I'm sure they were using silver springs as well. Um, and that uh, they lived on the springs. Oh, absolutely. There's a yeah. two work Seminole towns. And yeah, you know, but, but not right on the springs. Not, not uh, right on the springs. No. But I, uh, so we had a home in, in the Gainesville area that had a natural spring on it. And mm-hmm. when we built a swimming pool, we found all these Indian artifacts. Oh, there. yes. Oh, yeah. So I, you know, all of a sudden it was like, oh, that's right. You know, the Indians figured out where the good sources of water were and would um, hang out around those areas. And now, have you been to the museum at Silver Springs? I, I think years ago I oh, was, yeah. It, it, well, it was only built after, at least after 1985, so it's... Oh, I've been, hey, there. I've okay. been there many times. It, it's a, but it has a lovely set of the yeah. artifacts that have been found in the river. Wow. Well, listen... We have had this fantastic uh, discussion about uh, Silver Springs uh, with our guests. Um, I want uh, Marianne and Barbara, tell us again, tell everybody listening and watching how to get involved. Okay. Well, first of all, you can become a member of Silver Springs, and there is our website. Thank you, sir. There we go. So for those listening, thefriendsofsilversprings.org. That's there. Just put in Friends of Silver Springs. You'll get there. Just That's Google, right. right. That's right. Right. And, and it's very easy, right? It's, it is very easy. We have a, a, a great webmaster and an excellent treasurer, and they'll be happy to take your money. <laughs> well, that's wonderful. Well, listen, we've run out of time on Melden Law and Friends, but we're going to have to have 
um, our guests, Barbara and Marianne, back again and talk Thank some you. more about what's going on uh, at Silver Springs. I'm so excited. I remember going to Silver Springs when I moved here in the early 1970s. And I, you know, really feel like it's uh, it's an incredible, beautiful place, and what you're doing is very much appreciated. So thank you very much, and we enjoyed having you on Melvin Law and Friends. Thank you so much. Okay, well, I'll see you next week. Thank you.